In today's conversation, we talk about courage, growing edges, and the ever-growing realization that being a whole and healthy human is integral to the effective pursuit of justice. This is Jews Talk Racial Justice with April and Tracy, a weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex world, change takes courage. Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable. So one of the things that I'm really thinking about in the ways in which you've been um, kind of pushing yourself, I've been thinking about the way, like what I've been thinking about what courage is and what bravery looks like and thinking about it as um, we have talked before when we talked about Musar, we talked about a person's soul curriculum that everyone has their own. Yes growing edge. Um, I've been thinking about this so mine much. Mine will be different than yours, which will be different than our partners, which will be different than our friends. They're all like, it's all unique. Yes. And so I've been thinking about courage and bravery in that kind of way. Like what is, what is my soul curriculum? Ah, like courage? relative. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, mm-hmm. right. Mm. And, and personal. Um, and so like some of the things that for you has been about like being more public about your mystical, spiritual, um, earth-based indigenous from your indigenous heritage kind of ways of, of thinking and moving and being. And I, that's so lovely. Oh, did you like that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Please continue. (laughs) And, um, well, I'm realizing, I actually have been realizing that my growing edge, my courage growing edge is different, but not completely dissimilar to yours. And so in the spirit of that courage, I'm going to tell a story. So I I love story time. I think, I think regular listeners, (laughs) I think regular listeners may already know that I have within the past year taken up a karate practice. So I'm, I'm studying Sado, Sado karate, which is a specific form of karate, um, here in Maryland outside of um, Baltimore and the Sado founder prizes, uh, meditation. Mindfulness is important to Sato practice. And so we meditate yes. at the beginning and the end of every class, but it's like, you know, 30 seconds or a minute. But on the first Thursday of every month, my instructor at the end of our session, we actually have a full 10 minute sit. And um, this, so the, the first Thursday in, in July um, in that sit, I was using some of the um, sort of meditative language that I've that I've actually shared with our participants. So I was um, in connecting, and growing, in grounded and growing, right? Mm-hmm. So I was connecting my breath to the divine, thinking about the connection of breath and the divine. Um, you know, coming from God breathing life into Adam, but other things as well, and so my mantra, if you will, was breathe in God and breathe out pain, breathe in God, breathe out limits. And I actually was thinking specifically of like the things that I allow, the fear that I allow to keep me small. So breathe in God, breathe out fear in this 10 minute sit. And by the, by the end of the sit, it's hard for me to even articulate it because I achieved that sort of sense of loss of self almost that mm-hmm. I was God and I was breath breathing itself. And, you know, so was everyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. We were all part of the same breath breathing itself. And it was amazing. And it's yeah. very hard for me to 
I, I actually am, I am actually dipping into courage in order to say this all out loud into a microphone <laughs> that's going to go out to who knows how many people because that kind of, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Transcendence, that kind of experience is not one that my intellectual academic self has been trained to talk about as something that happens to me, right? Like when I was in divinity school, I talked about mystical experiences all the time, but there were things other people had that I studied, not something that I could actually experience or at least not admit experiencing. And so <laughs> and thank you for the opportunity for me to live into a growing edge here. Um, and I'm going, and I'm going to bring it back to this podcast is called Juice Talk Racial Justice. So I'm going to bring it back to that foundation for us. Before you do, can I have a brief Tracy appreciation moment? Of course. Shamati, I hear you. Tracy, thank you. thank you for sharing that. I'm so touched by that. And what you just said, I can't remember the exact phrase you said, but something you just said a moment ago was at the heart of why it's been so hard for me to figure out how to talk about it publicly. And in that story, and th this is why we're just, just such a great partnership is because through your analysis and your perspective, you break things down in such an approachable way. You also spoke to one of the other things that I didn't think about quite as much that is very much what I'm grappling with is that so much of what I'm wanting to give and share is profoundly experiential. And it's like in Buddhism, there's the metaphor of don't mistake the finger for the moon and that there's a pathway there, but that at some point you are able to access this thing that is not graspable that it's, you know, and so I really just appreciated the beauty of what you shared and the profound courage. I wasn't hiding about this for 10 years. So the fact that you had this, and so I'm also a little proud of myself in some ways that hopefully perhaps I had a wee bit of a part in helping no doubt. create the safety, but still to me, I'm, I really respect you and admire you for that because it, with my conditioning and, and also with the layers of race on top of different things and fighting for just fundamental belonging in the earlier part of my career and inclusion, as I was having these different encounters, I, I literally just thought like, there's no way I can ever talk about this publicly. And I, you know, I had to go through two years of healing to get to that. And so I'm I just, I'm Shamati. I'm proud of you. And so you wanted to loop it back to the podcast. So yeah, thank you. Um, thank yeah. you. And you, you definitely had a role also as not just in creating safety, but also as a model because you've been doing it. I've been watching you do it for two years. So thank you. You're welcome. And looping it back to the foundation of our podcast, I, I, I am becoming more and more convinced the more we work together, April, that experience like that one that I just described in my, you know, post karate class sit is not something that's happening separate and different and divorced from exactly. my work for justice. Yes. I think I, I am more and more and more convinced that leaning into and allowing myself to have moments like that will make me a better, more effective, more grounded, more successful worker for justice. And more because courageous I have, too. I have, and clear. Uh, yes, I have greater compassion for myself 
and for everything around me because of those experiences. I also like, it's not, this is not a switch I'm going to be able to flick and turn it back on, Mm -hmm. but I know it's there. I know I can access it so that in those moments of just rage and frustration at the way the world is, Mm -hmm. I can tap into that that will help me accept how it is and then move it, you do what I can to move it toward where I think it ought to be. And I'm like, the more that you and I work together and I keep going down these, these, what I thought were two separate paths, I'm realizing they're actually just different ways of looking at the same path. Exactly. Yay. Tracy. Oh, I could cry, (laughs) but I've been schwitzing and crying and stuff for days. So I don't want to do that. I'm being extreme. It's been 48 hours. (laughs) That's days. That's two but days. But I'm trying to keep it in any way. Can keep in fluids. It's been a anyway. I'm trying to keep fluids in, but I'm like I'm air <laughs> crying right now, and I've I've been thinking about this over and over again. And I would say yes, and I would add on top of it that to me too. And I've been mindful, especially since I'm already lovingly generating agitate generatively agitating you on the regular. But mm-hmm. something else I've been holding that this is just and this is a something I've been holding on to that's adjacent to what you said too, is that for me too, as um, both in terms of getting more courage, that one, if you're doing deep transformative justice work in general, at some point, it's going to have to involve a certain level of mental and or emotional or spiritual wellness, because you're going to need to call on your resources in a more profound way for both healing and also as you're continuing to evolve in a way that allows you to not lose yourself, you're going to need to be able to dig into those wells. And in terms of anti-racism that, and I'd seen them as a bit separate, but the more I'd spent time around it, and also it's just more fluid for me, but I'm, but I'm just realizing, cause I've been thinking about it in relationship to you. And I'm, I'm also noticing over the last couple of years that I've part of my do you ever have this where parts of your knowing and certain, like where to me, part of spiritual and social justice mastery has been deepening learning. And a lot of it's about spreading that learning through other parts of my living. And, and, you know, and so there's parts of me that knows this and there's other parts of me that doesn't what I'm about to say. But part of it is that, is that to me, and obviously at, at the root, everything, cause everything is interconnected, but but that the spirituality of which I speak in our racial justice work are deeply intertwined in the sense that as we move toward mindful decolonization and, and removing systems of oppression in, in various BIPOC and indigenous and specifically indigenous spaces, among other things, and, and even in terms of some of the roots of some of the indigenous roots of and mystical roots of Jewish spirituality, which I'm learning in the context of Kohenet, these things aren't so distant, right? As you get deeper into these things, part of the depth of racial justice is the profound honoring and reclamation of spirituality outside of traditional institutional religious paradigms and more about the ineffable, our connection with nature and the world and our inherent divinity, which is also in terms of B'Tselem Elohim, a key part of Judaism, but that these things are, as I've been doing this work, in part because the world treats it that way, but the more I dive into them, the more I see that they are 
not necessarily one and the same, although one could say that too, but um, profoundly complementary and, and in service of one another. Because um, for me, the spirituality that I'm doing and the, the practicing awareness of interconnection and doing um, engaging in practices like meditation and ascension and other mindful activities that help me make a distinction between my thinking brain and my intuition um, or divine insight or spiritual insight. You know, I'm still refining for myself at times, whether, whether that voice is my higher self or spiritual guides or the divine. And at some point it doesn't matter. I can tell it's a wiser voice than my own thinking. Right. And so I need to do things to cultivate that. And, and so that's happening. But for me, the core about the racial justice, they're in deep service of each other. The, the core of social justice work and racial justice work um, is just holding the both and that is very much a part of my spirituality where I hold two truths and I use them in ways that are helpful for me. So I hold at some time that everything is my spiritual curriculum. So on a certain theoretical, spiritual level, even when the worst of things happen to me, I frame it in the context of this is likely something that my soul wanted and or needed before I entered this journey. I hope, but I don't only hold that. I also hold that I'm a human on this earth and someone hurt me mm -hmm. and I want justice. But I find that balancing those things that me having that spiritual awareness greatly helps my healing process, even as I hold, and I am still a human living on earth. And I would like tikkun. I would like to, I would like there to be teshuva and tikkun. I would like there to be um, an apology and repair and healing here. And if I can't get it with that other person, then I will seek it out from my circles, et cetera. Um, but, you know, to me, they're interrelated. All of that to say they're interrelated. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I've been, um, and in service it, of one another and, uh, in, and like a balance. It's a reminder to me of, of the importance mm -hmm. of the balance and the, I mean, the, the courage, I keep coming back to that, but I, you know, it's real easy for me to just live in my head to just, just only work in the intellectual realm of knowing, um, which is great and is important. But when, when that's all I do, then I'm missing many other ways of being. Um, and, and the, the balance is, I think the, the wisdom of, of balance does feel completely resonant. And I don't somehow, I don't know, somehow the same. Um, May I add a no, bit I'm more? Not sure where I'm going with that. Yeah, and I'll add so, yes, on here. And exactly. Yeah, and I, you know, so I'm in a a spiritual community, and the teacher was talking the other week about, and I loved it, and 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 I'm wanting this, and I think the Jewish and communal part, communal and the communal pieces, and all of, and when it's just human, but also is deeply a part of both my indigenous tribal, like Cherokee, the African piece and the Jewish piece are all in similar and different ways, deeply communal peoples. And so one of the things that I've been continually seeking out over the course of my journey, and particularly as I've wanted to go public with these things, I've both been working on the teaching, which is part of it for me, part of the spiritual lesson of just standing in my truth, mm -hmm. regardless. And for me, before I do that, 
it's still, it's just, it feels important to me to anchor in with other teachers and people. And recently I found a couple and they were already people who were in my orbit, but either I wasn't aware of them or one of them. In the case of Tosha Silver, she'd been in my orbit before, but I wasn't ready for her teachings yet. And recently mm. I read all of her books last month or so, um, because she talks a lot about surrender to the divine. And when I encountered that about eight years ago, um, you know, I've been wanting to potentially have this be a part of some course material for either some part of Shema at a deeper or higher level of of ground, the grounded and growing curriculum and, or its own program where to me, there's this interesting interplay that I think people navigate and go through of source or the divine of like these four S's and I've had different graphs and I could draw the graph of what it looks like for me. And it's also occurred to me that it's different for different people, mm. but there's like source. And then there's this balance over the course of our lives based upon our lived experience with our soul curriculum between solidarity and sovereignty at mm -hmm. different times in our lives when these, and when I, and then there's also surrender. Um, and for me, I really, over the past few years, invested a lot of time in my healing journey around cultivating sovereignty, which in light of what's happening in the world now is well-timed. Um, but I was, that was just where I was. And so when I initially encountered Tosha's work where she was talking about all of this surrender, I was just at the beginning there. of a massive healing. Mm -hmm. I was like, and you're saying it to the divine, but I've already been violated. You know, I, I just wasn't able to hear that. But since mm -hmm. I've done healing work and have have many different boundaries and practices in place and thing, and feel really and feel physically and spiritually and psychologically safe, and like mm -hmm. my boundaries are in place now, the thought of sur spiritual surrender feels relieving and safe and okay. And so, mm -hmm. as I've been encountering her, and also. Um, another teacher and wonderful leader um, who I found through um, the Jewish Muslim or the Kohenet Sufi album that uh, Rav Kohenet Tayama Sheer produced, Makam um, Shekhinah. And I can't, and I had seen Miriam Hasna's work before. Anyway, so I'm in the spiritual community right now. And both between reading Tosha's books and learning from Miriam and her spiritual community, um, it's not so much that I'm hearing new things, but just for me as someone who's deeply communal, even if it's just one other teacher who's experienced, who has a following, it feels really, and also as someone who grew up, you know, who, you know, was acculturated in the context of academia. And I recently watched a TikTok, a TikTok about how it's kind of actually about how peer reviewed journals are a bit of a scam, but but I just, I appreciate communal processes and hearing things from different leaders. And one of the, anyway, so one of the things she was teaching that is actually thought I've had, but it was really helpful to hear it from someone who also has, um, who has seemingly a deeper level of spiritual mastery and knowing. And she was saying that, you know, that a number of people say to do away with the ego. And she just thinks that's not helpful, which is also how I've always felt whenever people say this, it seems and it's almost always been white people um, and often white men who say this, like, maybe you need to work on your ego. It's, it's kind of like, you know, how we talked about, I talked to you about how Rabbi once gave a lesson on humility and, uh, and about, you know, being humble. And I was like, this is a, this is a teaching that is very relevant for someone with a lot of power. But for, <laughs> for, for me, as someone who's had to do a lot of work since childhood and even in adulthood to access my voice 
this isn't helpful, you know? And so similarly, I just appreciated what she was saying and, and, and it validated what I've been thinking and feeling myself, which is that both are true, that there's a certain, that yes, ultimately in a number of ways, all of this is the divine. And we are living in this spirit, in this physical plane where we each are individual and, and we don't want to, and we're having a human experience. So to completely lobotomize our conditioning doesn't really make sense either that we need to keep it in check and engage and, and be, get, get clearer about spirit anyway but i'm just thinking about the ways in which um the the ways in which like interacting with folks who have similar not identical experiences um can be so validating like I, a friend just sent me alison bechdel's um book the secret to Super, superhuman strength and, um, like Bechdel, uh, is, was a karateka and she's also a cartoonist. And so like, there's this one point where she says like, she really you had said a karate cop. Ka, yeah. Ka. K-A. It's like someone who practices karate. Ah, okay. <laughs> um, so she, she actually achieved black belt, um, in her study and, and also was a cartoonist. And there's this one point, it's this, the, the secret to su- superhuman strength is a, a a memoir, part memoir of her use of exercise as a spiritual practice, kind of. I mean, she doesn't put it that way, but that's sort of what she's doing. Anyway, mm-hmm. but at one point she says in the book that she started to feel as though both her karate and her cartoons were sort of part of some bigger project. <laughs> and I like I read those lines and I'm looking at the page, I'm like, oh <gasps> <laughs> right. To, <laughs> right. And it was, and it was just one of those moments that so helpful. And I didn't even know that I was feeling lonely about that until I read those words, and I was like, "Oh, Alison Bechdel too." (laughs) And just for context, I think some of our regular listeners may know, but one of Tracy's habits for her self care and also um, to connect with folks as a secondary piece, and I can let you talk about it, is that she does, she's been doing, um, when she's inspired, at times she takes breaks and then she picks it back up as she's so inspired, does this pra- practice process called gratitudes. <laughs> and as you heard, she's also doing karate. So, so that's hence the yeah. alignment. And yes. <laughs> it's interesting to me too, how like seeing those words on the page and then walking as I finished the book and sort of was walking around with it percolating in my brain. I was like, wow, Bechdel really has stuff figured out. And then I went and thought back about it. I was like, no, she's struggling the same ways that I am. She just talked about it. You know, like there's, uh-huh. it was, there was something also validating and like, and um, relieving. Also, yes, that's the word. There's a sense of relief because like my initial was like, and like support and encouragement on what you're doing. And also like, oh, actually I'm not the only one for whom this is difficult. Like, mm-hmm. Yes, please continue. No, that, that, that was, that was basically it. There was this, I had this sense that Bechdel had it figured out, but if you actually read it for where she is, like, sometimes it goes great. And sometimes it goes, you know, really terribly and she struggles because she's human. And so humans struggle. It, it was anyway, I, I recommend the book, the secret to humor, superhuman strength. Yeah. I loved it when I saw that you were reading that because as you know, I, haven't actually finished yet because it really gets into the weeds. I really loved um, Move Your DNA. And I feel like this is a similar type of book where it's just giving a really fresh, invigorating 
inspired perspective that's not in the mainstream about movement and exercise and expanding it and making it more inclusive and also more exciting at the same time. So I was like, oh, cool. I definitely put it on my longer list of books that I might get around yeah. to once I read the other 10,000, several dozen <laughs> that I've already purchased. Um, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit JewsTalkRacialJustice.com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time and stay humble and keep going.